as I am sure the great majority of you are aware, this is my last weekend in the Skagit Valley before moving up to Bellingham, which means that I have spent the last week packing all of my earthly possessions into boxes. And, as I am sure the great majority of you have personally experienced, packing is not really a fun or enjoyable process. However, even though it is often tedious, I have to say that I am very thankful when I have an opportunity to move. Not because I like change, which is so terribly disruptive to my routines and my peace of mind, and not because I am excited to leave anyone behind, as though I have somehow not enjoyed making good friends or being surrounded by loving people. No, I am thankful for the opportunity to move because it is an opportunity to look at every single one of my possessions and ask, do I really need this? Of course, this question can be paralyzing. There are a lot of things that I do not really need, but which I want to keep because of some emotional attachment or some irrational fear that if I do need it, I will not have it. It is, in fact, really hard to get rid of things. It is much easier just to unthinkingly throw everything into boxes and keep moving them from place to place. But I have moved nearly once a year for the last 13 years. And at some point, I got tired of having so much stuff to move. So I started using my moves as an opportunity to purge. I started having hard conversations with myself about whether the memory associated with a thing actually justified keeping the thing. I started reminding myself that if I have not used something in the last 18 months, I am probably never going to use it. And I got better and better about saying no to gifts and purchases that were just going to sit around and collect dust. As difficult as it has been, the process of developing this virtue of minimalism has absolutely been worth the effort. Because the more things I have learned to live without, the freer I have felt. The process of living minimally has begun to teach me what it means to be on mission. Allow me to explain by focusing on our first reading. Elijah is sent by God to anoint Elisha as a prophet to succeed him. When, Elijah hears the, when Elisha hears the call, symbolized by receiving Elijah's cloak, he immediately knows that his life is going to be drastically different. He knows that he is being sent on the kind of mission that requires leaving everything behind, including his family. So what does he do? He slaughters his oxen and burns his plow. He does not entrust them to someone so that he can come back for them later. He slaughters and he burns. He makes a definitive statement that he will never return to his former way of life, and he removes any possible temptation to do so. This radical call to mission appears in our gospel, too. Jesus, in an extreme kind of way, is testing his disciples' willingness to abandon everything for the sake of the mission, 
by asking them to forsake a stable home, a loving family, and even their deeply felt filial responsibilities. Jesus is saying that his mission, the Christian mission, cannot be weighed down or held back by the things of this world, no matter how good or important these things might be. You will notice, of course, that this is not really how we Christians live our lives. As much as we may love God and desire to follow him, our tendency is to keep one foot in and one foot out of mission. We tend to compromise with the things of this world, never wanting to make a complete and radical commitment. We tend to put our oxen and plow in storage in case we might need them again. This is certainly a very human way to live. We like to hedge our bets. We like to make plan Bs. We do not like to make irrevocable commitments because that requires far more faith than any of us really have. But here's the problem. What we get out of something is proportionate to what we put into it. Think about a marriage where the spouses promise to love each other unless a better offer comes along. Will this marriage be a source of deep fulfillment and incredible grace? The same is true with our mission from God. If we give him half of our heart or half of our life, he can only give us half of all of the wonderful and incredible things he has planned for us. But if we can ever get to a place where we are able to slaughter our oxen and burn our plows, God will then be able to work Miracles through us that will rival the miracles of Elisha. Now, I don't want to give you a false impression of my personal holiness. I am not yet anywhere close to living the poverty or the spirituality of, say, Francis of Assisi. My heart is still very invested in my many worldly interests and objects, and I am still too weak to get rid of more than a couple of things each time I move. My heart is still divided, and it will likely remain divided until I die. But at some point, I realized that I at least had the desire to live more minimally for the sake of the mission, even if I was slow in my execution of it. I realized that with every item that I sent to Goodwill, I felt more and more open to God's missionary call in my life. I felt more and more committed to following him without reservation, as though I was slowly turning my head so that both of my eyes faced forward, rather than having one gazing back at my plow. And I have found that this desire for minimalism and mission has allowed the deep fulfillment and unending joy of God to well up more and more in my heart, because I am finally beginning to live the life that God intends for me. I am finally storing up my treasure in heaven rather than here on earth. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, 
These last two years with you in the Skagit Valley have been such an incredible blessing. But you will notice that when I say my goodbyes, I do not promise to visit or even stay in touch. This is not because I do not love you, or because I will not think of you, or because you somehow do not mean the world to me. This is because when I laid face down in front of the altar of God for my diaconate and then my priestly ordination, I slaughtered my oxen and burned my plow. I promised to go wherever God would send me through my bishop. I promised to be completely open and available to the mission in front of me. And now I am being sent to Bellingham. And I go there joyfully, because the greatest joys of this life are not found in the world, in my objects and comforts and memories. The greatest joys in this life are found in following the will of God unreservedly, and pursuing the mission of preaching the gospel with an undivided heart.